Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. He's come to do a work. (laughs) He's come to do a work. Dismantling toxic thoughts. Amen. And so here we go. The word dismantle is defined as to destroy the defensive capability of the fortification. Okay? The word dismantle, somebody say dismantle. It is defined as to destroy the defensive capability of the fortification. (laughs) Have you ever gone to uh, define a word and then you had to go and define another word that was a part of the define? (laughs) Somebody say fortification. You may not be familiar with that word. I know I don't hear it a lot. Um, But just to be clear, the word fortification means and is defined as a defensive wall, okay? The word fortification is defined as a defensive wall. So in putting it all together, the word dismantle is dealing with destroying the defensive capabilities of the walls. Y'all with me? Okay. So a large part of this series, you all, is literally addressing the walls in our mind okay walls what are the what are the purposes of walls they are a barrier okay they are an enclosure a separator walls block they're a blockade walls block your view Mm -hmm. you ever had to peek around the corner Uh, walls can block your access Walls can block your proximity. Uh, It will be revealed in the foundation laying that walls can block your blessings. Yeah, yeah, yes. Some of you are receiving the word. You're in church. You're logging on. you're, you're, You're involved in worship. But if you have walls up, a lot of seed that is sown cannot land and take root, okay? All right, all right, all right. And, and, and so we are experiencing, therefore, counterproductivity because we have established this relationship with the gardener. You know, we know him. We, we've endeavored to become a student of horticulture, if you will, or gardening, uh, in that we're learning about how to till the ground, and we're learning how to warm the soil, and we're learning what seeds to sow. But the truth of the matter is a lot of us aren't experiencing a harvest because of the fortifications that are acting as blockades. I need you to stick with me. And creating a disconnect from what we know to be true and what we are experiencing. 
Come on, come on. I, I, I want to I I look at a scripture creating a disconnect between what we know to be true and what we are experiencing. Mark 4, uh, Mark, um, the fourth chapter, verses 3 through 8 in the New Living Translation. That's Mark uh, 4, 3 through 8. We're going to start at 3 through 8 in the New Living Translation. And it says this. It says, listen. Somebody say, listen. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30 60 and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Okay? Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, tear down the walls that act as a defense to the fertilizer. Mark 4, let's go to 14, 14 through 20 in the New Living Translation. It, it says this, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. Okay? It says the seed that fell on the footpath uh, represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil, somebody say good soil, represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Hear and accept. Y'all caught that? Because some of us can hear it, but we can't accept it because of the wall. One of my assignments for this series is to expose the real enemy. Uh-huh, let's say that again. One of my assignments for this series is to expose the real enemy because a lot of us are struggling in our faith because we are having problems identifying the real enemy. And because the truth of what we know is often disconnected from our experience, we have toyed with the idea of the enemy being the gardener. And we have entertained the enemy being the farmer. And maybe, oh maybe, the enemy is this seed that
that I've been trying to sow. But what if I told you that God is just as functional in 2020 as he was in Genesis 1? There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with your theology. The word still works. You don't need a new faith. You don't need a new pastor. It's not a matter of changing churches. It's not a matter of changing denominations. It's a matter of changing your mind. Come on, somebody. There is an enemy in the camp. She is a witch and a warlock, and she is disguised as the walls. The stony places uh, that the seed can't fall on, the hardened places that won't allow for the seed to take root and for the fertilization process to occur and go from fertilization to fruit. These walls, these walls, the, these walls, these fortifications, these defensive walls, these walls in our mind are acting as a defense to the word and the will of God in our lives. Can I expose the enemy? Hello, August. Hello, eighth month. Hello, new beginnings. I'm so glad to meet you because we have some work to do. This is a new beginning for you. I, I need you to receive that. This is a new, listen, he's renewing some things as it pertains to you. Hello. Because we have some fortifications to deal with. And the truth of the matter is that some of the fortifications in your mind are hindering you from the transformation of your mind. And we serve notice to the enemy that we are coming to tear down walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We serve notice to the enemy that we are coming to tear down walls of doubt that are putting delays on our deliverance. We are coming uh, to tear down walls of defeat that are clouding and obscuring our view of victory. We are coming, come on, I need somebody to help me. We are coming to tear down walls of guilt that are making us gullible to the schemes of the enemy. Is anybody with me on this morning? Or am I all by myself? Facebook Live, are you with me? We serve a God who moves mountains and causes walls to fall. He causes chains to break. And I declare and I decree that every stronghold in your mind will be destroyed by the truth of God's word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you ought to take a moment and just praise him in advance. Before the walls even fall, before the chains even break, before the fortifications are gone forever, can you give him a free praise even before you get free? If anybody is expecting anything from this series, I dare you to lose your ever-loving mind just for a few seconds. Listen, just let God know how excited you are to be transformed. Just take a moment to let God know that you're present and you're accounted for and that you don't want this move to pass you by. Lord, whatever you're doing in this series, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me, oh God. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the move. I don't want to miss your glory. Whatever you're doing in this series, God, I'm not sure. Pastor's just gotten started. But whatever you're doing, 
in this series. Don't do it without me. All right, all right. So that was just the intro. So let's go ahead and get into things. Yeah, all we did so far was define dismantle, amen? Proverbs, the 23rd chapter and the 7th verse. I need you to write that one down for sure because I know you're taking notes. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. Somebody say dismantling toxic thoughts. Feels good to say it, right? Yeah. Proverbs 23, 7 says quite plainly, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay? That's the New King James Version. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, some contextual consideration. A lot of us probably have heard this scripture before, right? We've heard it used a lot of times. If you're here, wave your hand if you heard it. Uh-huh. This scripture. If you're watching, type I heard it if you heard it. If you heard this scripture, this Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay, so I know most of us have, but I can say, at least for me, that I have not heard it often paired with its context. And so we find this scripture uh, toward the end of the second Old Testament book of poetry. All right, WPBI, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, the Bible is, of course, broken up into the Old and the New Testament. Everybody knows that, right? Uh-huh. But in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there are categories, if you will. In Bible college, we call them divisions. Somebody say divisions. And so these divisions of the Old Testament books are the law, history, poetry, and what, y'all? Prophecy. All right, I got some Bible scholars here. And so uh, the books of poetry, also known as the books of wisdom, are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, all right? Um, those are the books of poetry. And if you're thinking that some of those books aren't poetic, just remember that our Western culture likes to associate poetry with uh, romantic, poetic and romantic. It's not romantic, but it's poetic. And so these are the books of poetry, and we know that Proverbs is not only a book of poetry, but it's surely a book of wisdom, straight wisdom, no chaser. It, it is full of wisdom. Listen, there are 31 uh, Proverbs, and so if you ever want to endeavor to go on a month-long challenge of wisdom, I encourage you to each day of a 31-day month, read a proverb, and it will truly increase your wisdom. A proverb a day might keep some of that foolishness away. <laughs> Amen? And so here in the 23rd proverb, some wisdom is being shared. If you take a look at it, you'll see some tips on dining with the ruler, trying to get rich, not wasting your breath on fools, 
not cheating a neighbor, uh, not falling or failing, rather, to discipline your children, not envying sinners. A lot of us might be thinking, oh, yeah, I need to, I need to jump on that. And, and eating with people who are stingy is where we find this line here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premise is uh, if somebody has shown you, they've shown you now. How many times does somebody show us exactly who they are? And we act like we ain't seen a thing. Flag as red as the blood of Jesus. Yeah? And we didn't go colorblind. If somebody shows you that they are stingy in heart, and the scripture basically saying, and you are dining with them, and that's in whatever form of dining, because you know that wisdom will use a metaphor in a minute. Don't believe them just because they're acting generous in that setting. Amen? They may be acting generous and saying certain benevolent things, but, beloved, they don't mean it, and they're still stingy. Amen? Because why, y'all? Their stinginess is a matter of the heart. And as a man, and as a woman, and as a child, thinks in their heart, so they are. So they are. Doesn't matter what they do or what they say. Doesn't matter if they come and worship and if they have all of the Christian rhetoric down pack. It doesn't matter if they sound like they love. You better learn how to be a discerner of the heart. And not just everybody else's, but your own. Because as you think in your heart, hmm, newsflash, that's you. We have all heard that you are what you eat, right? Well, I come here to tell you this morning, you are what you think. You literally are what you think. Somebody say, I am what I think. Yeah, that's the Bible. What have you been thinking? Hmm? What have you been allowing to enter your thought space and stay there? Because the harm is not an entry. Thoughts are going to come. Jesus thought about that thing when it was time to go to the cross. If, Father, if there's any way. I know we didn't talk, I know we didn't, but I'm thinking, if there's any way that this cup can be passed from me, and I don't have to go to that cross, because I'm just as human as I am divine, and I'm going to feel every bit of that thing. Thoughts, the thought came, but what happened? He didn't let the thought stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but, but, but Father, not my will, but yours be done. What thoughts are we allowing to enter and then chill out, you know? And not only do they chill out, but we get to entertain them like they're guests. Would you, would you, come on, take a seat. Stay a while. Tell me about yourself. Would you like something to drink? Can I feed you? Can I feed you? So that you can keep coming back? Y'all know how cats do on the, on the door? On the front step, can I feed you? 
And so we're here worshiping and we're here praising and we're here trying to quote scripture and Christian rhetoric. But we got some guests at home. And we're entertaining the guests that God warns us about. And we're entertaining the guests that we heard the preacher preach negatively concerning. We're entertaining the guests of toxicity. Kick them out. Kick them out. Kick them out of your mind. Kick them out of your heart. Now is the time to kick them out. Thank you, Jesus. Can I take my time? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Kick them out. Somebody say, I am what I think. All right, continuing to build the foundation, let's talk toxicity. It's not an easy word to say, is it? That's one of them words that I, I'd be struggling to say, but I had to get it down packed for this series. Can I be honest? <laughs> I'd have found a, a way to say it. Toxicity. Watch this and write this down. Toxic thoughts are from the enemy. Amen? Let's write this down. Toxic thoughts, they are from the enemy. I, I, I need you to know that. That's something that is very important regarding this foundation, that toxic thoughts, somebody say toxic thoughts, are from the enemy. Toxic thoughts are from whom? Who's the enemy? Yeah, yeah, we got to know who the enemy is. <laughs> yeah, we got to know who the enemy is. <laughs> so demonic thoughts versus God thoughts. Those are the only two. There's no other type. Okay, come on, focus. Demonic thoughts. Yes, Lord. Versus <laughs> God thoughts. Demonic thoughts versus God thoughts. Listen, y'all listening? Essentially, thoughts that are from Holy Spirit or thoughts that are from evil spirits. Thoughts that are from God or thoughts that are from the enemy. We have two familiar scriptures that are going to help us make it plain. Going to help us distinguish between these two thoughts. And they are Jeremiah 29, 11 and John 10, 10. Okay? Neither one of those are probably unfamiliar to us. Listen, I've come to realize anything you want to know, you can pretty much just go to the J's, Jeremiah, John, Joseph, Jesus. It's a J thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, the NLT, the New Living Translation, one of my favorites, is for I know the plans. Okay? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Um, they are plans for good and not for disaster. That's good to know. To give you hope 
and a future. Future and a hope. Remember in Bible study, uh, we had a little discussion on hermeneutics. And so in exercising good hermeneutical study that is dealing with the interpretation, I found that though we use the word plans here, uh, we say plans a lot and we use this, this, this version a lot. In the original translation, we see the word thoughts is used here instead of plans, okay? And so I got to thinking about that, and that's why it's always important, and we also learn um, in Bible college that it's always important to go back to the original translation, all right? Um, because a lot of times, you know, hey, things might get lost in translation. You want to be able to look at the scripture and the context holistically, and so you want to be able to even look at a certain, you know, word usage and things. And so I begin to think about thoughts versus plans. And plans are amazing. Somebody can have plans for you, even in terms of in Bible study, we talked about love languages. And so, you know, somebody can plan something nice for you. But in their planning of that nice day, if they're not thoughtful toward you. Okay, And so there is a difference between thoughts and plans. And so God not only has plans for you, but we're going to take it a step further because the original translation lets us know that he's thoughtful of specifically you regarding those plans. Amen? Yeah, yeah. And so his thoughts toward us are always for good. Somebody say always. Never for evil, always for delight, never for your disaster, always to prosper you, never to punish you. Somebody needs that reminder this morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are God thoughts. And whenever thoughts come to mind, if they fall in line with this, they are thoughts concerning you that have originated from the heart of God. Okay, everybody clear on that? God thoughts. Somebody say God thoughts. Mm -hmm. John 10, 10, New Living Translation, we've heard that one too. It says that the thief's purpose is to steal, <laughs> to kill, and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that even in defining and distinguishing the thief's purpose, he ain't leaving out his. <laughs> Y'all see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 because he wants you to be able to distinguish them differently. If you're going to look at his purpose, you can look at it. But if you're going to look at the enemy's purpose, you ain't looking at that without looking at mine too, okay? The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, period, space, my purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. Let's be clear. Are we clear? So now, I want to talk a little bit about the head and the heart connection. Proverbs 23, 7 says again, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Listen, you all, what I've come to realize is that you can have a thought, right? You can have a thought, but the internal validity of that thought is directly connected to the backing of your belief. Somebody say backing of your belief. 
which is an occurrence of the heart, right? So it makes you ponder and ask and question, what word is my belief backing in my life? What word is my belief backing? Let me tell you, it's backing somebody's word with your belief back in self. Yes, yes indeed, whether you know it or not, the internal validity of a thought is directly connected to the backing of your belief, which is an occurrence of the heart. And so if I can think it, but if I don't believe it, then it has no effect on me. And that goes both ways. Some people think about Jesus being the Christ. They think about it, you know, but they don't believe it. And so they bear no fruit of it. Yeah. Now watch this. We're getting ready to bust the devil up. Is that all right? We're getting ready to, to break a wall or two real quick. Is that all right? What, 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 what must you do to be saved? What is it that you have to do, y'all? I'm looking for two words. Two things to be saved. I believe is one of them, but what else? Confess. You have to confess and believe. That's what the scripture says, right? That you have to do what? Confess and? That's God's formula. Write that down. I know when you, when you first, you know, went down the Romans road, you, you heard about it. But I need you to write that down. Because the road of being a believer requires you to hold on to this formula. Amen? Confess plus believe equals God's formula. Somebody say formula. This is God's formula not only for salvation, okay, but we know that God is an altogether systematic God. Y'all with me? Yeah, yeah. His kingdom is systematic. And so the framework he gave us at salvation is not to be done away with at salvation, but this same framework. And this same formula is key to the journey and the walk and the life of a believer. Y'all with me? Which is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart what God says not only about his son Jesus but about you. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart not only what God says about his son Jesus, but what he says about Joseph. What he says about, come on, put your name there, whatever your name is. Not only about his son Jesus, but about his sons and daughters, you and I. Same formula. Same system. Mm -hmm. And so we confess with our mouths and we believe in our heart that what God says about us to be our truth, the truth, and so be it. It's settled. Amen. This is a moment to do a checkup from the neck up because if you can believe what God said about his son and cannot believe what he said about you, there is some toxicity to be faced, my friend. There is some toxicity to be eliminated 
my brother and my sister. There is a necessity for the detoxification of your thought life. And it must be done. For the love of God, it must be done. Because if you are uh, confessing something that you really don't believe, What if I told you? Y'all know. I like being witty. It's not Wednesday, but what if I told you that we have people all through churches singing about what they don't believe? Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. What 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 if I told you that they know it? They have memorized it. They have normalized it. And they maybe even have conceptualized it. But they don't believe it for their life. Leading worship and behind the scenes grappling with toxic thoughts that are making them even question what they sing about. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Preachers of the gospel, preaching and exhorting and speaking in the unknown but struggling in unknown spaces and, and toxic thoughts not allowing them to apply the very things that they preach about and encourage you toward. Come on, somebody. Can I speak the truth on this morning? I thought you were here to be changed. I thought you were watching not to be nosy, but I thought you wanted to be changed. I thought you were watching that because you were attracted by the promo video. I th excuse me, I just thought you wanted to be changed. This word is for those who are ready to be changed at heart. And if you don't want to be changed, you might want to change the stream. Because you might be held accountable to something that you don't want. That you're not ready for. If you are confessing something that you really don't believe, then it can't be settled. Just like the seed in Mark 4. It can't settle. It can't take root. I'm exposing that old enemy on today. Can I tell you what the enemy has done, family? The enemy, and it's very characteristic of him. That's why you got to be hip to his schemes. The apostle Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 2.11, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So you got to stay hip. Come on, somebody. The enemy, being the thief that he is, has used God's formula against us. To get us to confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts some things that God never said about us. I want you to think about it now. To confess. And he's tricked us to believe. Not only has he gotten us to repeat his lies, but he's gotten us to believe his lies. And so now we're using God's formula essentially against him and against us where we are confessing and believing in our hearts now some things that God never said about us. And that's why for some of us our reality is in direct conflict with our theology. Mm -hmm. That's why for a lot of us our reality is in direct conflict 
with our theology. Ain't no fruit nowhere. Because demonic activity and toxic thoughts have caused us to live lives where we are establishing and enforcing narratives about ourselves, about our faith, about our finances, about anything the enemy can trick us into being on one accord with him about. And if it's up to him, it's going to be everything concerning you and your life and your wife and your family. And we are seeing the manifestation of it, not because the enemy is so strong and so smart but just because you are created in the image and in the likeness of God and your words have power yes Lord yes Lord and and your thoughts and your belief are backing up what you have rationalized to be your reality and so your life has no choice but to follow yeah 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 you couldn't stop it if you tried. Your reality has no choice but to become what you have accepted, be it a truth or a lie. It's a formula and it works. It's a law. Yeah. And, and, and it works. Brian, it works. Yeah. Should I stop here? It works. It has to work. So check this out. The enemy has tried to hijack God's formula. Uh-huh. I'm going to say that again. The enemy has tried to hijack. <laughs> Ain't that joke or something? He didn't try it. Now, I'm speaking that he tried. I'm, I'm speaking that it hasn't succeeded, you know. And if it has, it won't after today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't expose that fill in the blank. Come on. The enemy has tried to hijack God's formula. God's formula is confess and believe, and it's done. It's settled. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you are saved just like that. Yeah? Auntie Tab will say, like so, like that. Yeah kingdom business and for far too long what we've done you all is taken this model that the enemy has twisted and we have confessed with our mouths and believed in our hearts that we aren't good enough and now we're underachieving in every area of our lives yeah, 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 I'll say it again. We have confessed with our mouths and believed in our hearts that we aren't good enough and now we are underachieving in every area of our lives. Can I expose the enemy? We have confessed with our mouths and believed in our hearts that we are ugly. And we, tr listen, y'all know about them insecurities. Don't fake on me. We're being open today. We, we try to push it off as humility when really we're struggling internally with low self-esteem. Yeah, let's call it what it is. 
because it's based on a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have confessed with our mouths and believed in our hearts that we are impure. And, 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 and now sexual sin is taking over. Yeah, can't even sleep at night. Listen, listen. And, and the sad part about all of this is that the enemy has used a lot of people whom we love to be the means by which these lies get fed to us. Because he knows that if it's coming from them, you're going to believe it. And so, the thing that he said about you, you're holding on to it because he loved you. And so, the thing that mom and daddy said, I'm holding on to it because that's mom and daddy. and They know me better than anybody else, and it, it must be true. Y'all did it in my shot. I feel freedom in the atmosphere. Oh God, I feel you in here. We're getting freed on today. So the enemy has used a lot of people whom we love to be the means by which these lies get fed to us because he, he knows that we associate that with validity. And this is why we must be validated in God and God alone. Because if we're validated in him, little h, if we're validated in her, yeah, then whatever it is that they say, even if it's contrary to what God has said, we confess it. My God. And we believe it. We live it out. We confess it. We believe it. And we see its fruit. We confess it. <laughs> we believe it. And we count it as fact, even if it contradicts our faith. But I come here to tell you that they might have gave you some names. But God so loved the whole entire world, including you, that he gave you something better. Not only did he give you his son, but he gave you his sonship. I'm going to say that again. Not only did he give you his son, but he, he's given to you his sonship in that now you are a son and a daughter of God. Ooh, Jesus, I need you to know who you are in order to get this, in order for this to affect change in your life. <laughs> and in that, he gave you a few names. He gave you a few names. None of these are it. This, this, this is not it. No, no, no. That's, that's representative of the lies. But y'all see, I got that behind me. We're going to put that behind us. Because if I'm looking at this, it's as good as a vision board. 
A lot of us, we've created a vision board for our lives out of the lies that have been told to us. And now we have no choice but to literally walk out what we're looking at. Oh, but we're going to look unto the hills. From whence cometh our help? Because our help comes from the Lord, our Father, the one who made heaven and earth. He won't suffer our foot to be moved. <laughs> He's going to keep you. And so he's given you a few names. He calls you a child of God. He calls you a friend of God. He says you're a branch of the true vine. He says you're justified and you're redeemed. He says you're no longer a slave to sin. He says you're an heir to God and you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He says you are accepted. I'm going to say that one again. The enemy will try to get us to fight for acceptance. But you don't fight for nothing that you know you already have. And so I'm going to say that again. You are accepted. I feel God. I feel like I need to park here. Repeat after me. I am accepted. I am accepted. I am accepted. I don't care if that man didn't accept you. I don't care if that woman didn't accept you. I don't care if that organization didn't accept you. I don't care if that group didn't accept you. I don't care if that denomination didn't accept you. You are accepted by the only one who matters, and his name is Jesus. Yes, Jesus. You are accepted. Beloved, you are accepted. <laughs> I'm accepted. We might have to make a song out of that one or something, huh? I'm accepted. Yeah? Not only are you accepted, you're called. Not only are you called, you are a temple. Not only are you a temple, you are a new creature. You are the righteousness of God. You are set free. Who, Jesus. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You Listen, I need you to hear that as much as you told yourself. You are forgiven. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ. You are God's workmanship, created to produce good works. You are a member of the body and a partaker of his promise. You have access. You are a kingdom citizen. You are made complete in Christ. You are loved. You are chosen. You're here for a reason. Mom and daddy might not have planned you. But God did. He allowed you to be released in this dispensation of time. 
because he had plans for you and he was thoughtful concerning specifically you regarding those plans. Isn't that so good? Isn't that so good? God gave us these names and we shall tear down the walls that try to defend and ultimately prevent us from confessing and believing these things concerning ourselves. And I don't care what anybody has to say. If it ain't this, it ain't true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody with me? If it ain't this, this right here, this is it. If it ain't this, it ain't true. I don't know who you got that from. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that man. A song that I love says, you don't have permission to call me by a name that he never gave me. I will no longer answer to things that he washed away with his blood. There is no condemnation, come on somebody, to them who are in his family. When Jesus died, when Jesus died, when Jesus died way back on Calvary, he took the shame and the guilt away from me. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. Woo. Check this out. Holy Spirit said, I'm free and I won't go back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm free and I won't go back. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody shout, I'm free and I won't go back. No more walls. No more walls. We're detoxing just like if we were detoxing physically and you would have to turn some things down. As we go through this detoxification of our thoughts, there are some things that will come to you that you're not even going to be allowed to enter into your ear gates. You can't entertain it. You can't make room for it and, and invite it in and feed it. You can't ingest it. You're detoxing. I'm going to detox. I'm sorry. I can't have that. I give you permission to not answer some phone calls during this time of detox. I give you permission to respectfully decline some conversations and some invitations during this time of detox. Maybe you don't need to just stop listening to certain people, but maybe certain media outlets or certain songs that literally ring in your ear and reinforce some things that God has not said concerning you. I don't know. See, see, seek God on, on, on this detox and see what it means for you. But whatever it means, make sure it means God's voice being the loudest. Yeah. There's one more really quick thing as I close that I must tell you in terms of being in the right place and the right posture to experience all that God will have for you to receive and experience in this series and that is to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Breathe. Take a breath. Inhale. 
exhale. It's okay. It's going to be okay. It has to be okay. And so forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for thinking so harshly about yourself. Because that's toxic. A lot of this toxicity, the enemy has planted the seed, but we've watered it. The enemy has fed us the lie, but he fed it to us, and then we fed it. And so forgive yourself for the work that you've done against yourself. Is that all right? Forgive yourself for putting somebody else's word above God's. Forgive yourself for thinking inadequately concerning God. Forgive yourself, forgive yourself, forgive yourself. For this will be a foundational key for allowing what God wants to do through you in this series to really be established, to settle, to take root and to bear fruit. I hope you realize that thoughts are important because that was the mission of part one. Part one is the importance of thoughts. Part two is taking thoughts captive. Part three is mantling God thoughts. And part four is being intentional about your freedom. Somebody say, I'm free and I won't go back. I'm free and I won't go back come on I need you to scream it let's shake this thing I'm free and I won't go back this shall be our declaration in the name of Jesus we confess it we believe it so shall it be so shall it be so shall it be. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, oh God. We thank you for your word. Allow his word to settle. Allow for his word to settle in your mind. Allow for his word to settle in your heart. Yeah, Jesus. It's all right to take a moment to allow it to settle before you move on to the next thing. Before you get up from wherever you're seated, just take a moment and allow it to settle. Yes, Lord, it's settling. The seeds, they're settling. The foundation is being prepared because the gardener is coming in. The farmer is dedicated to sowing seed. And we need you to be dedicated to reaping this harvest. It's a harvest of freedom. <laughs> it's a harvest of freedom. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. At this time, um, we, we, we thank you for watching. We thank you for being a part of Dismantling Toxic Thoughts, Part 1. This is only the beginning. God has more for us. 
And so we've laid the foundation today, and I ask that you would share this with somebody who you know needs it. And guess who that is? Everybody. <laughs> yeah, share this with somebody. Text this to somebody. Encourage somebody with this. Expose the enemy with this. This is a word that is not for the ears of Wapsie only. This is a word that the world needs. And so we thank you. And we pray that you'll join us next week for part two. We don't want to take for granted that everybody is the saved of God. Listen, you already have heard how God thinks of you. All those things that he thinks, that's for the believer. And so if you're here today saying, I want to be a believer, yeah, he loves you already. He loves you. It's just that some of the things he set up, the way that you receive them is you believe them and you confess them. And so if you're here today and you want to confess with your mouth and you want to believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, if you speak it and believe it, you are saved. And so I'm going to pray a prayer really quickly. And if you repeat after me, you are the saved of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now as a sinner in need of a Savior. I come confessing with my mouth and believing in my heart that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. And he got up on the third day. And now he is seated at your right hand, interceding for me. I am a child of God. I am the saved of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Give God praise. If that's anybody, we welcome you to the family of God. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. And so because of that, we also would like to offer you the opportunity to be discipled. Because God does not only want you to be saved, um, but he wants you to have a pastor to speak words like this into your life. He wants you to have sisters and brothers to encourage you uh, toward the things of God and to be there for you. He wants you to have um, a church family. And so if you're here today, um, I don't know, you may be here inside at Wapsie. Or you might be here watching, as most of you are. If you're saying that I want to become a part of the Wapsie family, now's your time. Now's your time. If that's you, we welcome you in. We welcome you with open arms. If that's you and you're here, just raise your hand. Yeah, we have one here. Let's give God glory. We have one here in our small studio audience that if you ever want to be a part of, let me know. And if we have anybody who's watching through the stream, I want you to type. If you're saved, type I'm saved so we can acknowledge you in that. And if you are a part of the Wapsi family, if you're joining us, type, I'm part of the family. Yeah? Yeah, God is good. God is good, isn't he? Whew, yeah, God is good. We thank you, Father. He's so amazing. He's so amazing, and he's so worthy to be praised. I think we should just worship on out. Is that all right? Yeah, bless God. Thank you again for watching. Listen, don't rush to get something to eat. Don't, don't rush to, to get on the phone. Settle a little while. Is that all right? Yeah, let it settle. Yeah, let it settle.
to return again Never to be shackled again Never to be bound again You've made me free And I will choose this day To confess and believe What only you said to me What only you said to me If you didn't say it, I'll rebuke you
righteousness. I surrender my life to Christ. Who I will serve I'm free 